Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America. We're so excited to have you today. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. Now, on today's show, we're going to give you the second part of Human Behavior 101. So, I think we'll call this one Human Behavior 102, Kim. That works. Yeah. So, we're going to explore the second core fear that drives human behavior. So, if you were listening last week, you would have heard us talk about the first core fear, which is the fear of failure, the fear that you're not enough. Now, if you missed last week's show, you're going to want to get on and listen to that because today we're doing the part two. Now, Kim, it's really important because as coaches, we teach our clients to get clarity and understanding about their relationships because when you know better, you can do better. And that's what it's all about. You can't change things you don't understand. So we do a lot of reaction. We get triggered and we create a perfect storm in our relationship. And I want to explore what what that means to us. Okay, so we, we talk a lot about how simple human behavior really is because we all every minute of the day we're functioning from one of two states we're either functioning from a fear state which is where our bad behavior shows up because in a fear state your your focus is all on you and what you need and your worries and your concerns and so you're not able to show up with as much love for the people in your life we want to teach you how to get into a trust and love state where you know you're safe, and in that place, you can really show up for others. And we teach our clients there's two core fears that cause all of our relationship problems, as Nicole mentioned. Last week, we did fear of failure. So we really do. We want to get into fear of loss and make sure that you really understand it and understand how it makes you behave in your relationships because it does lead to a lot of resentment, a lot of getting offended, and a, and a lot of protecting ourselves from the people in our life, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So we teach our clients to understand what's driving and motivating behavior instead of just being in reaction to and triggered constantly. And the perfect storm that we're talking about is if you and I are having difficulty in our relationship, you're triggered, I'm triggered, so we're both in that unbalanced state, that fearful state where we're both protecting ourselves and it's just about us. So we've got to understand how to get out of that and into a balanced state again so that we can actually start healing and moving forward with that relationship. Okay, so let's explain. I I have a lot of clients who are a little unsure what we mean by a fear of loss and what that means. And, And obviously, when we ask most people what they fear most, they tell us losing the people they love. Yeah, for sure. So that's a real easy to understand loss experience. But there's lots of things in life we fear losing. We fear losing money. Mm. You know, money being wasted triggers fear of loss with me. Yeah, or deterioration of your health. Or wasted time, Absolutely. wasted resources. We have clients who don't even like wastage of food. 
Yeah, right? that, that could right. trigger. Throw it out. I, I'm actually kind of a food Nazi at yeah. my house too, and I I prepare, prepare this dinner, and I'll tell the kids take as much as you want, as long as you will eat what you take. But if you mm. can't eat what you take, then I'm gonna be bothered because it's gonna end up in the garbage. Yeah, right. And so I I do. I get fear of loss. Don't you dare take more than you can eat. Yeah. So that's an important part. So you have an exaggerated response in that moment, right? You behave in an unbalanced state. Your parent, your kids don't get your best parenting in that moment. And to flag that and go, I'm in loss instead of I'm just annoyed that the kids aren't eating what I gave them. Uh, that understanding of where and that behavior is coming from is is the magic of what we teach. It is. So let's let me give you a little more detail. Fear of loss happens every time you don't get the experience you wanted in your life. So if you get stuck in traffic on the way to an important meeting and you're going to be late and you're freaking out in the car because these cars won't move. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you're having a loss experience. Yeah. If you come home from work and the kids have destroyed your house and left this huge mess, the reason you go through the roof about that is they just robbed you. Nicole, what do you what do yeah, you think I don't, they I don't you of? see that they gifted me with cookies. They robbed me by destroying my kitchen. <laughs> but what did they steal? Time, because I've got to clean it up. And energy and resources, right? Of of something that I wanted to be doing something else, most likely on my laptop. And now I've got to go back in the kitchen and clean it up. Absolutely. So I experience fear of loss anytime I come home and husband and kids said they would do the dishes and the dishes are all still there and dirty. They left them for me. And, and I feel mistreated, right? And even in that mistreatment, I, it, it's about feeling taken from or gypped, right, mm-hmm. by other people. So anything in your life that triggers this, this feeling of being taken from is a fear of loss experience. Now, I want to I give a couple of other funny examples of stories we've had with with people with fear of loss. And and the reason is I want our listeners to start to recognize the kinds of bad behavior that show up when your fear of loss gets triggered. Yeah. So as we list them, maybe, you know, ask yourself, do I experience this or does somebody in my household experience this, which means that now I can see it with compassion because I understand where it's coming from. It's fear of loss. Right. So one of the most common bad behaviors we see with fear of loss is some is it makes some people really controlling, mm. very bossy, because they have to have everything the way they need it to be so they feel safe. Mm. So it just becomes I am the boss and I'm going to this is a dictatorship in my home and everybody's going to jump when I say jump and it has to be my way. And there's one way and it's my way. Right. So how does that damage relationships for someone to be like that? So the big issue with control as as a behavior and, and understanding where it comes from is that it, it doesn't allow you to have an even exchange. It's not reciprocal. It's not giving and receiving. And the, the healthiest relationships that we can have is where there is this even exchange. Now, control is all about dominance. It often comes with harsh language, which can always be painful as well, mm-hmm. right? But if you stop somebody from having their own experience or expressing themselves properly through control, then you can't actually have that even exchange. And that's where things deteriorate. Okay, so I know we've got parents out there that are going to say, but wait a minute, I have to be the boss and in control with my children. That's my role. What would you say to that? Well, absolutely, you have authority, but you can be in a place of, in a position of, of guidance or, you know, if you want to call it power, where you wear the shoes, right? But you can do it without crushing the spirits of your children. 
Right. right. And that's that's a big thing. And I, I think we work with so many parents who come to us and say, what do I do with these kids? Right. Particularly the high risk teens. And they often say, how did we get there? And dominance and control is is really an expression of I don't trust you. Mm. Right. Yeah, you're right. And so if you are experiencing fear of loss and it looks like controlling behavior, the message that you're sending to the people in your relationship, you know, in your life is I don't trust you to be able to make me feel safe or to do what is expected. Right. And all of us want to be trusted. We And we all want the freedom to express ourselves and to be heard. And so control is one of the most damaging fear of loss behaviors. Right. Now, you and I as arrows, um, and, and if anyone doesn't know what that means, in the 12th shape relationship system, we're both arrows. We don't like to be controlled. We really highly value independence. Mm. And so if a, if a parent or a boss wanted to motivate me, they, they definitely wouldn't want to come on as a micromanager and a dictator and, and force because absolutely I would rebel against that and want to do things my own way. So that's kind of what you're describing happens in a lot of these homes. And by mm. the time a child is a teenager, you have created a place where you're the enemy. Mm. You're the oppressor. And it's human nature that we're going to rebel. rebel when we're oppressed. Yeah, and start kicking and screaming. So, so instead, we have to manage our own imbalance. Right. That's literally the solution is that we have to stay in a place of trust and love and say, look, I don't need to be getting into that controlling space because I don't need to have a loss experience. And that's what we're going to teach our listeners today is how to actually get out of that state. Otherwise, okay. we do it because we don't know how to do better. Now, before we get into how to get out, I, I want to give a couple more bad behaviors that show up when somebody has a lot of fear of loss. And to be honest, a lot of it is just grouchiness, and it and it's kind of a a looking for offenses, um, ready to pick a fight. Yeah, I I had an interesting experience. I was with my daughter one day, and we went to this drive up restaurant that we like in our neighborhood. But it is the slowest service, and every time we go there, they will say, "Ma'am, can you just pull your car up and allow the car behind you to come to the window? We'll run your food out as soon as it's ready." And we do this all the time. We know the drill. <laughs> So I pulled up, left plenty of room behind me, and this older man got his food, and he proceeded to pull up next to me and rolled his window down and started screaming and ripping me to shreds about what a stupid woman driver I am, that I would stop right there and block the way for the cars behind me. And I, I tried to explain to him, I'm sorry. Sorry, this is how they do it here. Yeah. And he said, oh, you're sorry. And he just <laughs> continued to sh shout expletives. He finally told me, uh, gave me the your number one finger yep. and pulled away. And my daughter was mortified that we'd just been attacked by this person. Yeah. I wasn't that bothered because I recognized that was not about me. This mm -hmm. is someone who has a fear of a loss issue. Yeah. And even the very idea that he had to expend the energy to turn his steering wheel and go around me was just taking too much from yeah. him. It took away from the quality of his life and he was going to let me have it. Yeah. And we see this often with the irritability. Like how often do we get grouchy with people who are in customer service, right? Or the people who are trying to wait on us in restaurants. People who are really trying to be nice, but because we're just in that loss experience or we're already triggered, we then go on to spit the poison everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. We see some terrible, mean 
grouchy, and angry behavior. And we all do it, right? So this is not just, oh, yeah, that's totally what my husband does. And now I understand it. Well, no, all of us do it, right? It's so important that we take responsibility and say, yeah, every one of us does it. Oh, we do. There's a, there is a place in every day that I think every one of us probably feels gypped or mistreated by either someone or by life itself. Oh, yeah. It didn't work out according to my plan. How many times have I been disappointed because what I thought was going to happen didn't happen? Right. Right. And and honestly, anytime you experience jealousy, that you look at these people on social media and they're posting all their vacation pictures oh, and yeah. all the stuff that they do. And you're like, what the heck? How come they got that journey and I got this crappy one that I'm living? Yeah. That's a fear of loss experience. So all of us experience it to some degree every single day. And some of our opinions can actually be based in fear of loss as well. So people who have strong opinions about political things or religious things, there's an injustice as to everybody should believe what I believe or it should have been done this way. Right. Mm. So this is almost becomes a framework of how we form our opinions as well. Now, I have to tell you one other story, Nicole. You and I um, often get to go speak to the lunch ladies in our state. I don't know why the School Nutrition Association loves to have us come out and do people skill training. I've decided there must be a heck of a lot of drama in the kitchens. Yeah, totally. At our schools. (laughs) But they're such a fun group. They are a fun group. But but one time that we were there, we had some women come up and grab us afterwards and tell us about a lady at their school who was so mean. And, and every day at lunch, the kids are supposed to line up in two lines to go through and get their food. But if she is serving carrots in one line, the entire school is in the other one. Yeah, wow. No one wants to deal with her because she is so mean. And, and as we really asked more questions about what they knew about her life and her experience, it was easy to see that this is someone who had been walked on mm. and mistreated and abused so much in her life that she has reached such a state of fear of loss. That she sees mistreatment everywhere. Even a six-year-old that doesn't want the carrots would make her angry and she would feel mistreated or rejected because of that. And so she was mean to everybody. And and so, you know, a lot of times fear of loss just makes us resentful. Yeah. Right? And and easily, easily offended. And and I think what's great about that story, what it illustrates, is that so many of us can be in that state and not even realize we're in it. Right. Some of us who have had to go through some tough experiences have maybe had a really challenging journey. They can't help right now but to be in that lost state. Right. And so until we teach people how to get out of it, so, so it's important to be compassionate. Right. And to look again, what not don't look at the behavior, look at what's underneath. Start asking more questions or start observing and say, what else is going on for that person? Now, Nicole, real quick, before we have to take a break, I want you to share about the six shapes that are most commonly struggle a lot with fear of loss. Can you name those out real quick? Yeah. So rhombuses, triangles, squares, and cross, they're, they're the four that really struggle with a fear of loss in a really bigger way. And specifically, triangles and crosses, they struggle with a, a loss of mission, right? That they don't have purpose. Whereas the other ones experience loss just in general. So if you don't know what shape you are already, you want to go to 12shapes.com and take our uh, our relationship survey there because you're going to see if this is a dominant behavioral trait that you have or someone else in your family. Yeah, we absolutely want everybody to go figure out their shape. It will be so eye-opening to understand the core fears and core values that drive most of your individual behavior. Um, I, th- I think also octagons and diamonds 
are yeah. ones that we didn't mention. Yeah. And and boy, we get a lot of diamonds that have real control issues. Yeah. That, that are the mothers that are very strict. And, and it looks like perfectionism to them. Is. So they think they're doing a great thing, right? I've just got these wonderful high ideals or expectations, but it can get them in a lot of trouble in relationships because they ha- ha- feel disappointed when people don't meet those expectations. Well, it feels like the expectations of how clean the room is or how things are done is actually more important than the person. And that often comes across when we're so attached to things looking or being a certain way. I think all of us are are victims of being in that kind of behavior and we don't even realize that we do it. And this is why if you understand what shape you are and what that behavior looks like, all of a sudden you can actually start creating your own solution. Knowledge is power. We say that all the time, Kim, that if you can't understand something, if you don't know better, you can't do better. And so this is where the 12 shape relationship system really gives you a framework to understand why you do what you do. Right. And once you understand that, you can then work on correcting it. Oh, this is going to be fun, Nicole. When we come back from the break, I think we get right into where the fear of loss really comes from in our psychology. And we teach you the secret of how to get out so that you don't experience as much fear of loss and you can feel better and happier all the time. Worry less. Yeah. So stay with us. You're with Relationship Radio on Voice America. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book, called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Relationship Radio with Kim and Nicole on Voice America. And um, before the break, Nicole, we've been talking about fear of loss, and we shared a lot of examples. Um, I also, I noticed we got an email that came in, and, and we do encourage everybody to, to reach out and call us, send us an email at info at Upskill Relationships during the show. We'd love to answer your question specifically. So the one that came in, Nicole, do you want to? Yeah, I'm just going to read it out. I wish I understood what was wrong with me and why I cry and get so upset when I feel mistreated or cheated by people and life. For example, if I buy something and it breaks, I try to have it back to the store and they won't make it right. This situation could make me cry in the store, which makes me feel embarrassed when I'm with my kids. I feel so mistreated. It hurts. I think I'm hoping the person will feel sorry for me and then they'll treat me better. It's humiliating to admit this, but I often complain and cry about how hard I work and that it does no good. Life feels like it's against me in some way. I complain about my hard lot in life more than I should. I hate this about myself. I don't want to feel this way. How do I help myself? Oh, wow. Okay, these are, oh, we love these questions. Yeah. This is great because stuff. Because every one of us has done that, right, at some point. Oh, we feel hard done by. Yeah. We're mistreated. Yeah, right? we have meltdowns, and oh, I see this a lot in teenagers. You don't know how hard it is. I've got all this hard work. <laughs> right? We all feel like that. We all have a pity party once in yeah, a while. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I want to share with everybody from a psychology point of view why we have all this fear of loss. And it basically comes from a subconscious belief that we all have that we are at risk and that because life is just random chaos and everybody is out there making choices and their choices can take from us, they have the power to ruin our journey and our experience and take our things and and literally ruin our life. And what this has created is is a, a space where we have to constantly be worried about all the ways we could be taken from. We have to be be on guard against all everybody as almost an enemy mm. to our quality of life. Everybody on the freeway and their choices driving could hurt me, mm-hmm. you know, and, or could cut me off, could, could make me late. I, I'm literally seeing everybody around me and even life itself as a threat mm-hmm. because I believe that this is the way life is. Now, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going, well, yeah, we believe that. That's what it is. Yeah, because bad things happen, right? And you can't tell me that they, they're not going to. No, they really do. Yeah, they, they do. Okay, so we really believe that this is a belief, though. It's not necessarily it's not a fact. Mm. What's the difference between a belief and a fact? Yeah, so belief is something that I've learned along the way in my life from my experience, but it's not the consistent truth, right? It's not the facts that happen every time. It's just something that's happened to me and I've adapted this this belief system. So we really believe a fact is something that doesn't change and it's provable that it's true. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, so I think that this idea that your life is random chaos and that you have to be worried all the time is a belief, it's not a fact. Mm. And so I want to explain to our listeners today how to change that core belief. And this really sunk in for me when I was reading and studying the work of Viktor Frankl. And I, I think a lot of 
our listeners probably know who that is, but if you don't, Viktor Frankl was a psychotherapist who ended up in the concentration camps in World War II. Mm. And as he sat in that concentration camp, he had a couple really life-changing aha moments that have gone on to change the world. The first was that we have the power to choose our attitude in any situation, no matter how bad it is. Mm. And and he found, you know, that a lot of people denied they had that power and they just moped in their misery. But he recognized that he could choose to be in a more loving, positive space every day. And that's just been an amazing thing for all everyone in the world since then to learn that. But there's another discovery that he made in the concentration camp that fewer people know about. And what what he writes about is sitting in that place, he asked himself this question. Is it just random bad luck that I got caught when I did and I got sent here and there and that I've ended up in this place, in this barracks with these people? Is that just random or is there purpose and reason behind it? Did it happen for a reason? I, was I, I captured when I was supposed to and have I ended up in this place for, for a purpose? Mm. And he pondered and pondered that question. And you know what he decided at the end of the day? That you will never know. Yes. <laughs> There's no way to answer that question. <laughs> but you do get to choose your perspective. So what he did is he actually tried on two perspectives. He thought, well, if this is just me being a victim, then how does that make me feel? And, of course, he felt pretty crappy, right? He felt worse. Yeah. He got into just despair and depression if it counted for nothing, if it had no meaning in it. And then he tried another option on for size, and that was, well, if I could choose that this had purpose, even though I don't have proof of it, I actually feel a little bit more peaceful about it. Now, the reason Viktor Frankl's work is so powerful is on my list, he's pretty high up there with suffering credibility, right? So many times I hear people's stories and they they look at me and go, you don't know how hard it's been. I'm like, yeah, I don't. But I've been through my lot. But but then I read Rick Victor Frankl's work and I'm like, yeah, okay. He, he's got some credibility up there, right? Yeah, he knows suffering. Yeah, he After does. After all, he survived. And I figure that if he could make that choice constantly, and this is something that you don't decide in the morning when you're brushing your teeth and then you're good for the day. In every moment, you need to realign and say, well, how much suffering do I choose to be in? Because I can make a choice to feel bad and that this is purpose and meaningless and, and it's just crappy and I'm a victim and it's it's yuck. Or I can rise and I can actually step into a place where I don't understand it and I don't have clarity about why it's happening and the meaning and the purpose, but sure gives me a different optimistic outlook, right? Yeah. When he decided to see that he was here for a reason, it did. It inspired him to want to do something with it, mm. to turn it into a human achievement. If, if there was a reason, then he had to rise. And, and you know, Nicole, I've looked at that over the years and I've realized that this is my personal belief that I'm on the planet for growth, that I'm here to learn. And it's interesting as we've coached people from all over the world of every religion mm. and background, we ask all of them, why do you think you're on the planet? Yeah. What's the point? And purpose of being here. And even our atheist clients and people who are Christian and Hindu and Buddhist, everyone from every single different belief system comes back to the same idea that I don't understand it and I don't really understand why, but I, I figure I'm here to learn something, right? Yeah, There's this growth. consensus, right? 
across it across the board. So if this is enabling you to grow, how committed are you to that growth? That's the question. Because so many of us go, it's too hard and I'm just going to sit in a place of victim. But instead, I want to make a more empowered choice. I don't want to be in that feeling. So I've got to choose growth. Okay. So if you were here for learning, then the choice to see life as a classroom, as a classroom, what that means is that Everything that happens here is a lesson and it's here to serve us for some reason. And and we found working with our clients for 15 years that every time someone decides to see a loss experience as their perfect classroom lesson, as being here to, to help them grow in some way, it changes how they feel about it. And instead of feeling like a victim, they turn it into an achievement. Now, let's, let's go back and apply that to some of the examples we gave before. You were talking about how you react when you're going to be late for a meeting because you're stuck in traffic. Yeah. How could you see that experience as a lesson? Well, in that moment, I could say, well, clearly I have to learn patience again. Dang it. (laughs) Right? Because I haven't learned it. But what if there was a reason I needed to be late? Maybe I needed to spend this time just sitting in this, right? Maybe I've got to do the growth or maybe that other person's late too, right? And we've had an experience with that where you were stuck on a freeway at a really important meeting and you were freaking out oh yeah that's a great story I was freaking out because this was a business associate that I really valued so really respect care about yeah and and you might be listening to the show today yeah (laughs) and I arrived at his office and I was so apologetic oh my gosh I'm so sorry the traffic was bad and I'm late and he said I have to tell you I was praying that you would be late because I was on an important call that I really needed to have and I as, oh, maybe the universe knows what it's doing. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this is that if you give permission for the universe to interact with you and to actually be a part of your life and be open to that, I think miracles happen. And I think you notice things which makes you more grateful. And I just, I, I as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about all of the natural disasters that have happened recently and Puerto Rico and Texas and all of this stuff has happened. But I have to tell you, I in all that misery, I've really enjoyed the beautiful Facebook videos in my feed about the unity of community and people coming together for good and and I have to look at that and go well maybe that's there is a gift in all of this misery and all of this devastation right so if I choose and I don't know I'm I'm like Victor Frankl it just looks awful and why and it's not fair and it shouldn't have happened to Puerto Rico and I can get into that and I don't feel good in that place because I feel powerless and I feel like oh everyone's been taken from and and wow But if I can choose in that moment to adopt a belief system that is actually around love and unity and purpose and meaning, I feel more hopeful. Absolutely. So so let's apply it to a couple of the other situations we we were running past. Um, We talked about the being late for a meeting. Um, Actually, another loss story that would be a good one to share. I, I had my children up at our family cabin. And when it came time to leave, it's quite a process for us to turn all the water and the gates and lock everything up and and get out on the road. And about 10 minutes down the road, my daughter starts realizing she left her homework back at the cabin. And she said, Mom, we have to go back. It's work I have to have. 
and I was so put out. <laughs> I have places to go, and I'm going to be late, and it's so much work to turn around and unlock everything and go mm, back. Mm. And I could tell that I was going to have a loss experience, and I was going to be a brat about it and make her feel bad, and that's where I was headed. So I paused for a moment and made the choice to see this as our perfect journey for some reason. There was purpose and meaning in us having to turn around. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I chose to believe that maybe there was going to be a terrible car accident up the road. That you were going to not be in. Yeah. Yeah, we would all be hurt. But because my daughter forgot her homework, she saved our lives. Yeah. And we had to turn around and go back. And I I decided that might be delusional, but it makes me a much better parent. Oh, totally. And I still asked her to be more careful next time. But I was so much more loving and patient. and, And I felt less taken from if I believed there was purpose and meaning in things being as they are. Mm. And that's what we want to encourage you to do. Every time you feel mistreated, if you could step back and and think, how could this be my perfect classroom today? What could this be here to teach me? Mm. So we talked about coming home and the kids trashing your house. Nicole, if you came home to that. but Which you, I do, by the way. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> that happens in my life. Um, How could you choose to see that as your lesson today for you? Well, I, I see it in two ways. I see it as a lesson for my kids because we're all going to clean up t- together. And how can I make this fun and a game? Right. But the other thing is I look at it and I go, right, is this an opportunity for me to really not sweat the small stuff? Like in, in all the big perspective, am I going to crack a wobbly? Like that's such an Aussie term. I'm, you know, going to, you know, lose it at my kids and, and have this exaggerated response, which I, I could do, or I could actually show up lovingly and go, I love that you tried to make cookies or you, you played around with, you know, peanut butter on toast. That's awesome. Now let's, let me teach you how we clean up afterwards. It's a learning experience. And I think we work with parents who just say, oh, it's so much work, right? I'd just rather do it myself because it's, you know, it's easier and it's quicker and they're robbing me of time. Well, if we could reframe all of those parenting moments where we're robbed of time and say, this is a learning opportunity for me and a teaching opportunity for them, wouldn't it completely change our experience? You know, Nicole, it has completely changed my life as a parent to recognize that I'm not just the teacher to my children, but they are here to teach me. Mm. And every time they misbehave, it is such an opportunity to look at my own reactions and look at the fear it brings up and the the kind of energy that I could bring into it, my ego that could come in. And and every one of those opportunities is a chance to rise mm. and to be a better version of myself if I choose to see them that way. Yeah, because our kids become our behavior, not what we say. Right. And I think so many parents go, but I have the conversations and they know better because I tell them better. Right. No, it's their, it's our behavior that they will actually grow into. So what can we do in this moment to transition every single one of our lost experiences to have better behavior? Because that will impact our relationships. Because every time we become unbalanced in that fear state that we talk about, we poison the people we love the most. That's, that's the truth. We do. We break the opportunity for connection because we've made them the enemy. Yeah. And I think that this is such a critical thing to understand. There is so much suffering in our relationships. And we talked last week about how you're only ever as happy as your most unhealthy relationship. Because the suffering that we experience is always connected to the people that we love. And this is why we're so passionate about our 12-state relationship system. 
right? Because we have understand it. We've cracked that nut as to why people do what they do. And when you know your shape and you know the shape of the person that you love, all of a sudden you're going to see why they do what they do and where it comes from. So if you haven't taken the test yet, you need to get onto 12shapes.com and take our relationship survey. It will change everything. Absolutely. Nicole, before we go to break again, um, I want to take a, a couple minutes to and thank our sponsor of the show. If you guys enjoy Relationship Radio, a big thank you goes out to Now CFO, who is our corporate sponsor of the whole show. And I have to tell you, they're not just our sponsor. They're also our, our accountants. They are. And they're, they're brilliant and they care and they fix all of our mistakes and they know all the stuff that we don't know. <laughs> they keep us out of trouble. Yeah, so if you if you need to outsource some accounting, I am telling you, you want to call Now CFO. They have offices all over the country and can bring someone in to take care of you. They're they're affordable and they are just lifesavers. I can't thank them enough for how much they've saved our books yeah. because I was doing the accounting as an entrepreneur before they came in and it was it was messy. They <laughs> had a lot of cleaning up, fear, right? Was, yeah. Yeah. And they work with businesses of all sizes. So if you are, are a small company, if you're a large company, they have somebody that's going to meet your needs and work with you and build a relationship. And that's what we need, right? We need more relationships that we can trust. And that's why we love now CFO and we love them for the fact that they support us and this mission. So thank you now CFO. Now stay with us. After the break, we're going to be talking specifically about how to get rid of your mistreatment filter. So are you looking for loss and you don't know how to get out of it? Stay with us here at Relationship Radio on Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my team to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book, called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1 855 
669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kim Giles and Nicole Cunningham. And we're doing Relationship Radio today, talking about fear of loss and how it triggers mistreatment and conflict in our relationships. And, and you know, Nicole, we, we get a lot of couples that come to us for couples coaching. Yeah. Almost every single one of them, fear of loss is a major factor in their relationship. They both feel like they aren't getting treated the way they want to they're yeah. not they're not feeling loved enough he's mistreating me and then we talk to him and he's it, she's mistreating me yeah and and this is the story and I would guarantee that almost everybody listening to the show today could say some of that in their own marriage relationship because yeah. it's so common and then it becomes into this behavioral pattern where we're subconsciously or consciously keeping score right there's this tit for tat mentality now we know we shouldn't do it but because we're in so much loss and we're in that it's not fair, that injustice, we can't help but keep this this undertone there of, you know, this isn't fair and, and a scorecard. And this is really what we have to overcome to recreate connection because fear of loss creates disconnection because I get into protection. I don't show up lovingly. I can't understand where you're coming from because I'm too busy protecting myself. Right? So I become selfish. You know, um, I have a, a story to illustrate this really well. Many years ago, I had a coaching client who had asked her husband when it, their 10-year anniversary came around, she would like one of those 10-year um, anniversary band rings. Mm-hmm. But she told him about this a year or two before the date arrived. And as their anniversary got closer, she could tell that he'd forgotten mm-hmm. all about it. And she told me after the fact that, you know, she, of course, wasn't going to say anything because she wanted to see if he'd remember. Mm. And he was being tested. He was being tested. And she was looking for almost giving him an opportunity to, to fail. mistreat her and yeah. fail. And, and I finally said to her, it's almost like even more than the ring you want the win. Mm. You want to be able to prove that he's the bad guy, that he doesn't love you enough. And what is it in us that thinks that's a win? Yeah. But but I hear that from a lot of our couples, that sometimes, you know, keeping score and winning that point is more important than being happy. Yeah. And I love that phrase, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? <laughs> right? Because this happens and sometimes you've actually got to get over it because you've got to say, I'm going to take one for the marriage, for the relationship. The relationship is what I'm choosing instead of my need to be right. Well, that's about ego, right? We're yeah. really letting the ego win. And I had said to her, you know, if you had chosen to respond with love, you might have come up to him one day and kissed him on the neck and said, babe, our anniversary's coming. I don't know if you remembered, but I really have always had my heart set on that ring. That would mean so much to me. Set him up for a win. Yeah. Don't set him up for a lose. And and you can do that and be living your marriage from love and not fear, Yeah, basically. 
I have to tell you, I've even seen this dynamic in really painful parenting relationships with teens. I've, I've seen that they've felt so mistreated and we've put so much into you and we've paid for so much opportunity and private school and you've had everything and you still can't do anything with it, that even as they try, they almost have to win to prove that, you know what, you're not good enough. And I, I've had many cases over the, over the last 15 years of that where I've had to say, do you realize you've actually chosen to let your child fail so you're right? Now, totally unaware of doing that. If we consciously think about setting our children up to fail, there's not a parent that would say, yeah, absolutely, I'm doing that. But this is what loss does. This unbalanced state is the the disconnection in relationships. Now, we have to create unity. We have to recreate that connection. And this is why this show is so important because we're going to teach you how to get out of fear of loss so that you can't continue those same damaging repetitive patterns right yeah so one of the things we want you to just look at yourself today and and ask yourself might I function with what we call a mistreatment filter and what that means is that because you you're you've you've got so much pain around fear of loss, you're kind of subconsciously looking for it. Mm. And if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Which means it shows up everywhere, right? It, it shows up in your workplace. It shows up with your family. It shows up with your neighbors. It shows up at church. It shows up everywhere because it can't help but show up for you because the universe is responding to this emotional vibration that you're putting out there. Now, the quickest way to get rid of something is to learn, <laughs> Right, get the tick in the box with the universe that says, "Yeah, she's working on it," and it and that then it will will reduce how much it shows up in your life. And and a lot of times with that filter, you're actually seeing mistreatment in things where there was no intention to mistreat. Right? People do things without thinking. We're sometimes oblivious. We miss stuff. We're not mind readers, right? But but if you've got a mistreatment filter, you're seeing offenses and being taken from in the smallest things in your day. So if you're somebody that has that experience almost on a daily basis, there's a highly likely chance that you're functioning from a mistreatment filter and and you're creating trouble where you don't need to have it. Yeah. So this this might be vulnerable for some of our listeners. Do you walk around with a chip on your shoulder? Because there's some of the shapes in our 12-shape relationship system that do Case squares, rectangles, rhombuses, crosses, they sit with this this small little chip on their shoulder as if life hasn't given me what I want, right? And someone's hurt me and I'm a victim and I'm a survivor and therefore it continues to create the experience. So if, if this is resonating with you, you want to get onto 12shapes.com and you want to take that relationship survey. Now, this is not a, a character flaw by any means, but this is your area of growth, right? This is an opportunity for you to understand why, yeah, why do I carry around this chip on my shoulder? And have conflict in all of my relationships. And I don't want to do this, but subconsciously there's something there that's driving this behavior. It's it's a win from the ego. Mm. Don't you think that's mm. what it is? That's the reason we hold on to the behavior is because that ego win of I'm the victim and you're the bad guy is kind of a lift. Yeah, because when people some degree. when people mistreat us, we want to pull them down a peg or two. Right? <laughs> that that's the gut that gut reaction. But that's what Viktor Frankl teaches us is that we can do that, absolutely, and we feel crappy when we do it. We feel awful and we have regret and guilt and, and then there's disconnection even more, right? But ultimately, 
that's not the win we want. We want connection. We want longevity. We want healthy, lasting relationships. So we've got to rise. We've got to do the growth. Okay, so Nicole, we explained last week when we started talking about the core fears that there are only two states that we can function in in our relationships. We're either functioning from fear or we're functioning from a state of trust and love. And I want you to understand that those two states are like darkness and light. They both can't exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of fear of loss, you're always feeling mistreated, there is no love coming from you in that relationship Mm -hmm. you can't do love if you're coming from fear and so you've got to decide where you want to come from because it's going to determine the quality of that relationship yeah we've actually we just got a text um just a comment that some of the biggest challenges in relationships come from the fact that most people enter a relationship in order to get something that thank you so much for texting that in that is such a a subconsciously driven behavior, right? To actually go into a relationship because you need something or because you want something. It's it's just the ego. That's another one of those fear of loss behaviors. Thanks for texting that in. Okay, so let's talk for a minute about how we bring the love back in. If you're in a relationship, be it a, a parent, child, or a marriage with a partner, whoever, and, and there's a lot of this scorekeeping game mm-hmm. going on. And, and you can feel under the surface, it's a game of who treats who worse. Mm. And, and really, what I want to do, the win, is to catch my partner treating me worse than I treat them. Because mm. then you win the game. If you see that going on, the way that you're going to turn that around, first of all, is to recognize that if life is a classroom and every experience is here to teach you something, this relationship is in your life to help you grow and learn, Mm. which means that other person that's triggering your fear is a teacher. (laughs) They are here to teach you. And if that's the way you see this experience, you see it in terms of how you need to grow and change, how you need to be more loving. It quickly switches from wanting them to change to owning your own responsibility to rise. Yeah, so this is pivoting in that moment to adjust your perspective. And we teach all the time that your reality is based on your perspective, what you choose to see. So in that moment, if you can actually adjust your perspective and continue to make it about you instead of about them, you can then do the work. You can you can actually do the, the growth and you can see it differently, which means that the suffering will go down. Okay, so the first thing we want you to do is make the choice to see every conflict as your growth opportunity today as your class and your chance to rise. And number two, we're going to pull this in from our last week's call, that you have to start seeing your spouse and your children and everybody on the planet as having the same exact value as you. There is no good guys and bad guys. There's no I'm better and you're worse. As human beings, we all have the exact same intrinsic value. And when you remember that, it, it kind of makes you drop half this ego game because in the end, there's no score. You both are imperfect, struggling human beings, doing the best you can with what you know, but you're both scared to death. And those fears are creating bad behavior. But at the end of the day, we got the same value. Hmm. So we can't condemn anybody else. And we don't want to do life alone. 
right? So we want to be in these beautiful relationships that are learning opportunities, not perfection, because none of us want to go through life and do our lessons alone. So if you adjust your perspective to say, this person is giving me an opportunity to learn, she or he is my perfect teacher, and this is a relationship for me to give, not to get, right? That's such a shift in that moment because there's there's an even exchange and you're in it for the long haul because you realize both of us need to learn, but I'd rather learn with you, next to me, holding me, giving me companionship, hearing, validating me, than me keeping this scorecard that just creates this disconnection. So, Nicole, one of the things we often tell our clients if they're having this kind of conflict in a relationship is to start changing their perspective and see every conflict as the two of you against the problem, Mm. not the two of you against each other. I love that. That's so powerful. It's powerful in their lives when they can step back and decide that I'm not going to make my spouse the enemy. We have a problem. We're not communicating well. We, We tend to hurt each other. But let's together, you and I, against this problem, find a solution. Get some help. Yeah. I, I, I actually had a client in my office yesterday and she said she'd just been married a month, but they've already decided that they need some coaching Yeah, <laughs> because they want to get this right. Yeah, and A little bit of help can go a long way to helping you to deal with your own fear issues so that you can come into that relationship in a healthy way. And we all want to get it right. We do marriage mastery retreats all over the country, teaching this 12-shape relationship system, helping to understand and unpack what's driving that unhealthy behavior. So I hope today has been valuable for our listeners. We've now spent two weeks weeks on human behavior, understanding these two core fears and what motivates and drives this stuff that that, that creates this, this disconnection. Now, I have to go back since you mentioned marriage mastery class, Nicole. Yeah, it is amazing watching you work with a couple when you, when you explain what their two shapes are. Mm. It is such a piece of cake to understand how to get along with each other. And and I've watched them in, in coaching with you say, Oh my gosh, we've been to seven marriage therapists and no one has figured this out and you've done it in two minutes Yeah, because the shapes are so powerful. So yeah, if you're interested in that, please reach out and contact us because it's a life-changing opportunity. It is. So if you haven't worked out your shape yet, you want to get onto 12shapes.com and you want to work out what you and your partner is. It's been so much fun doing relationship radio again this week and we're going to see you next week on our show. So yeah, we'll join you then. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.